Hey, this is Dennis Kelly, 11-year NFL vet, and this is Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Hey, guys. You know what you're listening to. It's Live and in Color Wolfie D. Probably don't even have to say that because you clicked on it. It said Live and in Color Wolfie D. And it also said that today we got a very special guest. And, man, it's so cool because we can talk NFL. And we're going to be able to talk Titans. And we're going to be able to talk wrestling. And everybody in the three of us here knows a little something about each one of those things. So it's going to be real hard uh, to pack uh, all this into one show. <laughs> I know this is your dream episode, right? Is it yeah. not? I mean, yeah, cool. a, Hell, a pro football player that loves wrestling and was a Titan. Come yeah. on. This is, yeah, I know. This is going to be great. We're not going to, we're not going to bullshit around because like I said, to squeeze all this in, we're going to need all the time we can get. So I want to get right to it. But first, Jimmy, I'm a little bit pissed <laughs> off. I'm a little bit <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and I'm just going to say it, man. It, it don't make sense to me, man. I want everybody that's listening right now, whatever you're listening to me on, please uh, turn it up just a little bit and go to a quiet space because <laughs> I want to know why there are thousands of you out there listening to me <laughs> and Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't understand how that many thousands of people cannot and maybe it's because you're not on facebook with us or on twitter or whatever we'd like for you to be on all our platforms but the one that i really need you to go to is our youtube channel live in color wolf d youtube channel hit the subscribe button and share it wherever you do your sharing okay yes. Uh, yes. please do that for us we throw a wolf and his boy a bone and help us out there folks let me tell you, there's there was yesterday 353 subscribers on YouTube, and that's fucking bullshit, by the way. That's <laughs> not even right, man. It hurts my feelings, and I, I don't like it. When there's thousands of you listening to this show, so at least you guys, I'm not blaming you. Maybe you don't see my post or, or you don't listen on YouTube, but at least do me that favor and go to the YouTube channel and click subscribe. And I think my rant is over. I love each and every one of you that do listen, but I just had to throw that out there that me, me and Jimmy need a little help here on, on YouTube. Uh, it's all about numbers doing this shit. And yeah. we would appreciate you very much. And you help us figure out where the, where the disconnect is between you audio listeners and YouTube uh, listeners. So anyway, we're going to get right to this, Jimmy. Um, I'm not even going to give you a chance to say anything about what I just said, because I know <laughs> you're with me. Absolutely. I, and uh, Jimmy's working to get more content on that YouTube page as we speak. Well, maybe not as we speak, but as soon as we hang up, I'm going to crack that whip and get his ass. <laughs> All right. So when we come back, again, very cool NFL player. Tennessee Titan, uh, free agent right now, but uh, we'll be back with Dennis Kelly. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out.
If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, guys, we're back. And man, y'all know I am so excited about this to have my next guest on. Uh, he's a wrestling fan, but most importantly, he's a former Tennessee Titan. And that's the reason he's on my show, not because he's a wrestling fan. But I like this dude a lot. I met him at the Squared Circle Expo in 2022. Everybody, this is Dennis Kelly. Wolfie, how you doing, bud? Thanks for having I'm me. Doing great, man. I'm doing great. This should be so fun, man. I was telling Jimmy, I said, man, how are we going to squeeze 30 minutes of football and 30 minutes of wrestling into one show, man? I said, how are we going <laughs> to That's like trying to shove 10 pounds of primo quality Smiths in a five-pound bag. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I guarantee you I can stuff it into a five-pound bag. But anyway, <laughs> that's what we are going to do today. We are going to squeeze a bunch of quality stuff in this hour. Uh, first and foremost, Dennis, thank you, man. Uh, you know, like I said, when I met you up there, really liked you. And plus, you're good friends with uh, Kevin Thorne, and I love him to death. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a good dude. Uh, but thanks for coming on. Let's no, start. Of course, this, this, is, this man. should be fun. I, my, my, you've blocked and you've protected some pretty cool people. Some of them, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. I think uh, you, you've blocked for Derrick Henry. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about some of the quarterbacks, uh, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill. I don't know who the quarterbacks on those other teams are, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, talk about that, man. How cool is it to say I blocked for Derrick Henry or I protected Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, no, it, it, it's really, really cool. And, you know, as I get later into my career, you know, obviously you close, you know, on the back nine portion of it, it's really cool to be able to look back and to think of the different, like you said, the quarterbacks of some of these running backs, some of these, you know, superstar-like players that I got to, to play with and block for. Yeah, You know, when I got drafted into Philly uh, in 2012, Michael Vick was the quarterback. And, oh, which, you which take coming hokey. in – <laughs> with coming in as you know as a rookie and as a kid during when he was you know the Madden in his prime when he was in Atlanta before all the stuff happened, yeah, it was, that was one of those kind of like uh, you know those starstruck a little bit because you're like oh my god like I'm actually a teammate with this guy now yeah um, and and in so, the same vein you know it, it, that Philly team had some some amazing stars you know there there was uh, Lashawn McCoy Shady there was Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Jeremy Macklin was there. You know, you had Jason Peters. Uh, yeah. And then, like you said, going into to Tennessee, to Green Bay, with, with Derek, with Tannehill, with uh, Delaney Walker, you know, some of the, some of the, the defensive uh, line guys, you know, it, with Rack and Derek Morgan, Jarrell Casey. Like, it's just, it's, it's just, it's really, really cool to say you got to experience this with, with these, yeah. you know, extremely extremely talented players yeah and and here let me ask you this too like we all know what they do on the field uh and and i'm i'm just curious and i'm not asking you to trash talk anybody i mean but like i you never hear of derrick henry pretty much doing anything outside of football and like 
you can tell he's a good dude. I mean, I really believe mm-hmm. that. And I've never met him, but I believe that he is. Talk about like Derek Henry, Aaron Rodgers, and some of those ones we mentioned, uh, Mariota and Michael Vick. I, man, what the heck? How would you when he gets to scrambling? What do you <laughs> What do you do, man? How do you keep up with that dude? And try to help you. Oh. Yeah, you know, with, with Vic, it's kind of similar to Marcus, too, because, you know, he had yeah. the ability to just kind of tuck it and go. Yeah. You know, the, when you're blocking, it's the defensive line and, and the defensive hole, they understand that these guys, you can't, you have to be more disciplined in your rush lanes and in, the, in right. their plan, because if they kind of go rogue and try to do their own thing, they can slip out the corner or slip through, you know, the B gap, and they're gone. And yeah. so mm-hmm. it, it kind of helps. You know, on the front end, it helps because it's almost like they have a controlled rush more because they're they're so afraid of rushing too deep or going inside right. when they shouldn't. Yeah, obviously, when they start scrambling, you got to block longer, so that part kind of sucks. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they they do a good job of kind of making you look good in that regard. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, again, I've been very fortunate to play uh, with some really really great players, but really really great people. You know, mm-hmm. you know, go going back to to my rookie year with Vic. Uh, you know, I was a rookie, I was a fifth round guy, and you know, he sat down and ate lunch with everyone, and he talked to everyone, and you know, yeah. it, there wasn't like, uh, you know, this is my table, you guys don't talk to me or anything like that. Uh, you know, I remember my my mom always talks about a story about uh, Lashawn McCoy. It would have been my third year or so, and I I had a you know spot start at a guard spot on a Monday night game against the Colts. Mm-hmm. And we ended up winning in Indy, and it was, it was it was a fun game. And and Shaden came up to my mom out of nowhere, like without. Mm-hmm. I think she was wearing my jersey or something, and he like said, you know, appreciate your son. Like he's he, he you know he works hard. He like was very complimentary of me. Yeah, I know so. like had no reason to do that. Like, right. And like obviously that as a as a mom hearing that coming again coming from a point oh, like that that's obviously. Yeah. You know, she kind of you know swells up a little bit when she gets to talk yeah. about that because that's a really really cool moment. Yeah. Um, you know, into your with with Derek. Uh, I mean, you're right. Just an awesome, awesome guy. You know, honestly, you know, you see all of his workout videos and how yeah. hard he trains. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell that that football is important to him and that uh, you know, he he has his priority straight, but like as a person. Awesome, dude. The only time I see him get upset is when anybody tries to trash talk Alabama, and then <laughs> and then and then, that, and then that fire comes out. So, um, you hey, know, man, it, 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 I'm going to interrupt you for a second because I, I swear to God, man, I've never done this for well, except for the wrestlers that like were my heroes. You know what I'm saying? The Road Warriors, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Perfect. You know, Randy Savage. But man, if you can hook me up to meet Derrick Henry. I love you to death. I'll say it right here on the air in front of everybody. Yeah. Wolfie D is a Derrick Henry mark. <laughs> no, I, I get it, man. Like he, he's a special player, and it, it, yeah. you know he's kind of defying what people you know keep trying to say about running backs about you know yeah. short shelf life, and he just continues to to prove them wrong. So it's it's really cool to watch him continue to to do his thing the way he does. Yeah. Here's another thing I was wanting to talk about, man, because I like on the XFL stuff, you can kind of hear a little bit more of what they're saying on the field because everybody's mic'd up and stuff. It seems like everybody um, like in the NFL, man, I know there's got to be uh, like sometimes you'd be like, I wonder what that dude did. Was it something he said that got him the uh, personal foul or something like that? So 
is there off limit words and shit like that that will get the penalty or is there just a whole bunch of trash talking going on but do they keep it i mean i know so i've heard some dudes who like make it personal and shit like that but like really what what goes on and what kind of shit's being said i know there's joking back and forth sometimes but then mm-hmm. there's people that get pissed off too so what what kind of trash talking's off limits or how does that work yeah i mean you, you're both right there there are some words that they implemented it had to be like eight, nine years ago now. Um, you know, kind of the derogatory words, yeah, yeah. racial words, anything like yeah. that, right. that will, that will get a flag. Really? Um, but then realistically anything else is fair game. You know, you, you have everything in between from, you know, super aggressive guys, you know, calling people out, call, you know, call questioning manhood, things like that. But then you have people, you know, trying to disarm guys by kind of joking around with them and, you know, trash talking in a sense of like, oh, not kind of funny, but kind of like off brand to kind of catch people yeah. off guard. But did he, did he just say that? Like, <laughs> what, like, like, what are we, what are we doing right now? Like what's going on? Um, and so, yeah, I've seen all sorts of like everything in between, for, like I said, from guys trying to, you know, talking to where they're going to rip each other's heads off to where the guy looks back kind of like questioning, like what, what am I getting myself into here? Like what, what's happening now? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time that I watched that, uh, NFL lip sync thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Dude, I was in the floor laughing. My stomach hurt so bad, especially like the first one or two, man. That's it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, no, that- go ahead. And I was wondering, I was, I was about to ask you, are you just going to sit there? Are you going to join this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of giving you a chance to mark out with an NFL player on the Wolfie D show. There's nothing wrong with that. And so it's, I was just, you know, that was a great question, Wolfie. I was going to give you some kudos on that. Is there something that you could tell us that just like where you're so focused in the game, but then a guy said something that literally just made you almost lose it cracking up? Is there something you can share with that? you know going to like x-rated or anything you know right yeah um don't don't (laughs) no yeah no uh taylor lawad was always pretty good at um and he was kind of a an off-brand trash talker where he would try and he like he would talk to anybody that would listen to I, i remember he he looked up one guy and was like, yeah, I looked you up. I know you collect Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and like, <laughs> and like it was, you could tell, like the guy was like, what, what, where is this coming from? Like, why? <laughs> and I'm, there was one time I think they must have been reviewing a touchdown or something because we're all lined up uh, in field goal, and Taylor was like on the on the outside to make sure he gets protected, and so he literally would just like as they're reviewing the touchdown, he walked down the line and was trying to get attention of anybody. I think we we're playing the Jags and <laughs> literally went like talk to all 11 guys of trying to say something just to get it. And as soon as he got someone to kind of, it was like he was fishing. And as soon as someone yeah. bit, he was like, okay, I'm on, I'm on to you. Right. And it was just that the rest of the game. It was, <laughs> it was fun to watch how he, uh, how he worked because it's it just for how talented he is and how, uh, how great of a football player he is th- for him to also be so, so witty and so clever and so quick with it uh, was also very impressive to, to be a part of. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. So really, I got to ask, because I've always wondered this, and when I talk to a pro player, you know, I always wonder, you know, growing up, obviously we all have our favorite teams and stuff like that. Who was your mm-hmm. favorite football team growing up? I, I got to guess, but you go ahead and 
confirm it. <laughs> so it's it's, it's kind of interesting. So grew up in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Family was a big Bears fan. Um, yeah. But when when I started getting into football, it was the year the Titans went to the Super Bowl in Javon Curse's rookie year. Oh yeah, love it. Love for whatever it. for whatever reason, it like attracted me to them. Like I was a huge fan of Florida, the Florida University growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, University of Florida, excuse me. So like I was all in on tight end stuff. And so you know, maybe it was part of it was because when I played football uh, in grade school, our, like we always kicked off at like noon on Sunday. So we never really got to watch the Bears play and they weren't very good during that time frame either. <laughs> right, so like it, right. it kind of like a, it just kind of was like a perfect storm and it just kind of, so I followed the Titans for the longest time. Okay. Um, until really until maybe about college and then obviously going into the pros, you kind of lose your fandom a little, um, right. You can't right. really control where you get drafted to. Yeah. Yeah. What were you, what were you going to get? Gonna that get was my guess was the bears. Yeah. That was my guess. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, what's funny is uh, I lived in Nashville, uh, most of my life born and raised there. Uh, but I was a Titans fan. Like, it's funny you said you became a, a fan just as soon as the Titans came to down or whatever. So that was mm-hmm. the same. I really didn't. I wasn't all in on football when I was a kid. Uh, I was more. I loved baseball, basketball, and professional wrestling. Yep. Also like boxing mm-hmm. as a Mike Tyson. Uh, yep. I really didn't get into it until then. And now it's like. I, I just became a fan instantly. I don't know if it was because they went to the Super Bowl that first year or whatever, but man, I studied football so much since then. I just, yeah. I, I wish, I, I mean, I only played like one year Pop Warner and that was decent, but I just, I really didn't understand football. So I think that's why I didn't like it as much. But uh, then uh, I, I just, I love it now. And and I think you saw the video, man, when, um, <laughs> Fred Miller and Zach mm-hmm. Miller, and I, got, I think Wycheck was there too. So a couple of the other Titans that I've met, and we'll talk about that story in one second, but Chris Sanders was cool. I played uh, softball with him. Uh, Wycheck, because he, he mm-hmm. was friends with Jeff Jarrett, and so I was around him a few times. Lorenzo Neal uh, worked out at the gym that I worked out at. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chris Carter, I met him at the mall one time. That was not like – you know, hey, it's, hey, how you doing? Um, <laughs> it, um, and, and you've been cool. But those dudes, man, they, it was like, I don't know, honestly, if it was a straight up shoot or they just got overhyped or right. well, that's not what we were told was supposed to happen. And I was like, yeah. Fuck, man, because you you linemen are big motherfuckers, man. <laughs> I'm joking, every every lineman I've ever seen that's like an NFL player, I'm like, damn, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been around some big dudes all my life, you know. But uh, right, so they tell us, man, that uh, okay, they're gonna push Jeff. He's gonna push him back. Blah blah blah. And then it was supposed to be me, Malice, and, and our our guys come down and start fighting or whatever so but that's not what happened man that dude was yeah. never supposed to jump the rail that i'm aware of unless jeff didn't tell us to try to make it look like more of a more of a shoot but right hell zach had that motherfucker cradled it was you know oh my gosh their punches looked like they was trying to hold back i don't think they were trying to hurt him i think it was like 
two big giant Marmaduke puppies uh, <laughs> got, too got too excited when they seen their owner and attacked yeah. him. It just licked him and just knocked him on the ground and did what <laughs> wanted to do. They were oh, so well, happy. Yeah, well, yeah, when he picks them up and, like you said, kind of just like ragdolls them a little bit. Oh, it's man. Like, Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. You know, I'm the littlest one out there at this point. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm thinking, when I see all that going on, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, we're all going, what the fuck are they doing? I don't know. Yeah. Go, We got to go. And thank God I had big ass <laughs> Malice was about as big as them. And then he was on yeah. my team, so I felt a little more confident walking down there because <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, my gosh. That. Were they going to turn it on us, too, or what? So, thank right. God it, uh, it settled down and went the way it was supposed to at the end. But, yeah, that was a that was a crazy, crazy story. Did you know either one of those guys? So, we I've, I've met uh, Zach a couple times because the, the Titans always have, like, an alumni weekend type of thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've talked – maybe a combined five, 10 minutes type of thing. But I didn't realize that he had done that when I talked to him. And so I only realized that after uh, the Titans released me. And so it was one of those things I was like, damn, it would have been awesome to be able to talk to him about it. Just to kind of figure <laughs> out like what was going through his head. Like yeah. you said, like if it was, he, did he just kind of get caught up in, in, in the, the emotion of it and, and you yeah. know, just was like, I'm just going to let this flow yeah. or what exactly happened? Because I could, like what I, with the Colts this year, we we're, I don't know how it came up, but we were talking. I was like, yeah, no, like something happened before. And I, and I showed some of the guys the video and just somewhat, again, like you're explaining, just like the chaos that ensued yeah. uh, because they jumped over the rail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see, man, I can't remember like afterwards in the back. I don't remember any kind of squabble back there or anything like that. I really don't, I don't even remember seeing them. I, don't, I guess they went back and sat in their seats. So I don't remember right. any kind of what the fuck just happened, you know, you know, yeah. type of shit like that. So that's why I say, you know, I, I pretty much know a work and I know a shoot when I see them. And like I said, they got a little happy. I don't really think they're trying to hurt him. But then again, he was slinging his ass around. So oh, he really was. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been trying to hurt him. I don't know, man. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe he was thinking it was, a, it was a potential tryout to show what he can do. Yeah. The moment. <laughs> that was it. I that mean, exactly what it yeah, was. that could be have it. You, have you thought about after football, maybe trying wrestling? Yeah, definitely a lot more when I was younger, right? Like if, you know, yeah. the NFL didn't pan out, it was like, I'm too big and athletic not to, to use it still. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously getting older, it's, it's a little, yeah. uh, you know, just getting into it. But I've always been interested in like, you know, to get into a ring and kind of to, to feel it out, to, you know, kind of see what you guys go through. I'm sure yeah. like in the same way that I think you guys would, uh, you know, want to do like a practice or even just like a workout just to kind of get a, a feel of like, you know, what it is that we go through. Right. Same, like that's, you know, running the ropes, taking a bump, things like that. Um, so that, obviously that thought's always been in my mind. And, and uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough, I've been able to, you know, meet some really great people. Like you mentioned, Kevin Thorne, you, um, you know, David Hero. And so, yeah. Every time I see Kevin or David, they're like, you know, we're, we're going to get you in a ring as soon as you're done. <laughs> like, guys, can I, like, when I'm done, can I at least have like a month to, like, to breathe and just kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. catch my breath a little bit? But no, yeah, that thought's obviously always been in my head. Um, 
and you know, if 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 the situation fits, then you know, who am I to say no? Sure. And see, I've I've uh, I've trained a few guys that like or, or tried <laughs> the game out of mm-hmm. good college football players, um, things like that, and. Honestly, I always say this, man, and and I think if you tried it, you probably would be good at it since you you were you were a fan of it because some of these mm-hmm. guys think uh, and, and they can because they did this in this sport or this in this sport. Oh, I could go do wrestling because I'm big. No, right. it's it's so much footwork and timing and placement, and right place, right time type shit, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's hard. And then you're taxing your body the whole time. But it's it's a different kind of shape, okay? There's ring shape. Like, I could, I could go – I ain't been in the ring in so long, but I, if I go to the gym and I do cardio every day and I'm, you know, 60 minutes on the elliptical and battle ropes and blah, 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 okay, I mm-hmm. could be feeling really good. But since I ain't been in the ring in a long time, I guarantee you I would get so gassed uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit because it's ring shape. If I tried to do a fucking NFL workout, even at the peak of my wrestling career – I don't. Mm-hmm. I would have been. I've seen that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're not uh you're not training for that. And then say talk about like ring shape. You know you can you can train all year getting ready for training camp. And there's always those first couple days where it's like you can't simulate pushing against another right. 330 pound guy pushing against you. Like you yeah. can do as many yeah. sled pushes and sled pulls and like you said cardio and it's like. There is just a different element of when you are kind of doing the real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, actually a fun story about when you're talking about, you know, if you came and did the NFL workout, it would, it would kick your ass. Yeah. So I was in Tennessee and it's like an hour south of Fort Campbell. The, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it was when uh, Mike Malarkey was the head coach. And so he had a big, um, I think, I think his son was in the military. I'm not sure which branch, but we, we kind of had a deal with, with Fort Campbell and they sent a handful of guys um, down to our, our strength coach and he just wrecked them with the <laughs> workout. And like, we had known that we were going up to Fort Campbell and like two weeks after that. And he was like bragging about, like, you know, I, I kicked their ass. Like they were struggling and all the players were like, what the hell, man? Like they're going to do the exact same thing to us now when we go up there and sure shit that we go up there and they have us do like a essentially like an obstacle course, but what they what they train through, and they're mm. explaining it like you're gonna you know you're gonna mud crawl, you're gonna climb over this, you're gonna do that, you're gonna do that, you're gonna be about two miles down. That's the halfway point, and then you're gonna come back, and you can tell guys are like, oh my god, <laughs> like what? <laughs> if you don't train for it, that's not what you like. You like you said, yeah. you can be in the best shape in your life, but if that's not what you're training for, it's gonna kick your ass because you're just not used to it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I don't know. I like mm-hmm. the idea of Dennis Kelly pro wrestler trained by Wolfie D. I mean, <laughs> you think all your career from high school on, you've worked on footwork. I think you can make mm-hmm. this happen. Plus you're six, eight, three twenty one. I don't know if you're still in that, in that weight range, but at the same time, mm-hmm. six, eight is like Hulk Hogan, dude. Six, eight is like Scott Hall. So I'm yeah. saying it's the perfect height. That's like tall enough to be a big guy, but also not too tall to where you're not like, you know, kind of clumsy almost in the ring. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 100%. also, 
you know, Mongo McMichael, I'm not knocking him, and it de- definitely not since he's going oh, through. Oh, you're fixing it mm-hmm. No, 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 but I'm just saying it's he was kind of like. Not him. His right. Ability. Right. He, he kind of didn't really seem, he didn't, un- I guess what I'm trying to say is he didn't seem to ever get the footwork down, but you <laughs> new breed of cats are totally different. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that's yeah. my. Yeah, no, and I get what you mean by that. I think a little bit of that is, you know, as, as the sport evolves and as sports in general evolve, there's more, you know, specific training. And, and like you said, like the footwork, you know, kind of the newer generation, you know, tends to have, you know, like works on the footwork, works on the coordination, works on kind of overall performance and not necessarily maybe one thing or another. Um, right. So, you know, I totally understand what you're saying for sure. Yeah. So I got another question real quick. So we've got mm-hmm. a listener and friend of the show. He's named the Plastic Sheik for at GMBMPW on all the social medias. And he always mm-hmm. asks this question. So I'm going to take it a little bit into wrestling here. What is your, the Dennis Kelly, Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling? Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Um, hmm. Well, okay. So got to put Undertaker up there because he's always been, like, Man. he's always been my favorite. Okay. Uh, you know, I like that. I mean, kind of to your point, you know, big, tall guy, but you know, was still athletic. Uh, yeah. was still able to kind of do some of these things that kind of, yeah, I think broadened his, you know, obviously amazing career and kind of really helped, um, him be, um, special. Um, I'm trying to think. So I really enjoy Chris Jericho. I think yeah. he's done a great job of continuously evolving in not in, in almost in the opposite fashion. Right. The undertaker, he continues to change who he is and still somehow, uh, I mean, not like in a mysterious way, it's because he's uber talented, and, but like is able to make whatever he is at that time, the yeah. best thing there is. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think it's, it, I think it's really, really shown these last, you know, five years or so since he left, since he left the WWE again. Um, the next two, um, I'm trying, you know, it, it's hard not to put, uh, Austin oh, in yeah. there again, yeah. just, you know, what he did. I, yeah, I still, I can vividly remember. I think it was the, the SmackDown before the invasion pay-per-view. Yeah, and all yeah. the alliance is is taken over the ring, and like Austin had been missing, had kind of been going through the where he was kind of. I think he had just turned heel and was kind of going with the like the kind of the off brand Austin, and then like the glass shatters, and he comes in and just clears house, and just how electric the arena was, right? Like, right. It, it, like it, it was just one of those things where <sighs> like, just a perfect storm of the character, the music, the moment, and in, in during his run. Uh, and then let's go with him. Uh, again, I think I will, I'll, I'll guess I'll, I'll go the easy way and I'll say, I'll say Hogan again, okay. what yes. he did, you know, what That's- he did for the sport and for him to be, uh, so polarizing both ways, right. with his two characters like that, I think, um, tells a lot about what he was able to do. Uh, character-wise, timing-wise, of you know, during the time of wrestling and when yeah. he pivoted and, and you know became Hollywood Hogan and just how 
despised he was and how he played such a like even though he is a was a giant of a man was still able to kind of play that weasel right deal. right and yeah, exactly. like when he would he'd be on his knees and he'd be shaking his head you can see the the skull just you know flopping back and forth from all the sweat it was yeah. like I, I mean it's I mean, I know it's it's kind of an easy pick, but I think it's an easy pick for a reason. It's exactly, exactly right. Yeah, that was, that was a very good Mount Rushmore, and and people don't realize, man. I've said this, man. Hogan, oh, Hulk Hogan couldn't really work, man. He only had a couple mm-hmm. moves. That's because at that point in his career, that's all he needed. But right. If you go back right. and you watch uh, old Hulk Hogan Japan matches and shit. Hulk Hogan could fucking work, man. Yeah, and that's yeah. right. That's why also when he did switch heel and like you just said, he wasn't afraid to beg off and, you know, get on his knees. And no, 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 no. You know, that type of shit mm-hmm. because he could work. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of yeah. big guys now uh, and, and, and shortly, you know, even then a lot of big guys didn't want to, uh, you know, oh, I'm too big. I'm too tough. They want to play tough guy all the time. That doesn't get a whole lot mm-hmm. of heat in my opinion. That's why Hogan was able to get heat because he was the big guy that was playing a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. No, you're right. You know, and, yeah. and when he needed to, I'm not saying he played a pussy all the time, but when he needed to, he knew when to do yep. it. That's called working. Yep. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more live and in color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. At what age and what year would that have been when you picked up on uh, wrestling? So I, for whatever reason, the, the, I was born in 90. And so like for me, like it feels like the entire Monday Night Wars in my yeah. mind was like only in 98. When right. it very clearly wasn't just just sure. then, yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, but my mom always said that like it wasn't. It was never Saturday morning cartoons. It was always Saturday morning wrestling. So was that um, just, or the whole family? That was pretty much the whole family. You know, we okay. awesome, awesome. Um, love that. Not in, again. I, I don't remember why it happened or how it happened, but it was just one of those things where we we, we watched it. And we got you know caught on, and then. Uh, and then like, obviously with the Monday night wars happening, I remember, uh, you know, flipping back and forth and watching nitro before raw started and then having 
to, you know, have our v, our dedicated VHS to record <laughs> yeah. the, the after we had to go to bed and watch. So we, and it was awesome then because obviously there wasn't social media or anything like that for like yeah. spoilers. So we were right. able to go through school yeah. and yeah. not worry about hearing about what happened because it yeah. always felt like that. Yes. It always felt like that last hour or so of the show, like scenes were amazing. Like, you know, again, yeah. like there was, just so many different fun, fun things for for yeah. a wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's nice to be able. And I remember growing up watching. Uh, we had like home videos of like some of the older WrestleManias, and so like we still understood, you know, who the Million Dollar Man was, and Rick Rude, and you know the model Rick Martel, like all like it was just it was just so fun to be yeah. a kid and be able uh, to watch all of that. The talent yeah. during those. Uh, shows and for sure so i mean if we're going to keep going wrestling so i guess you know with that being said you you grew up a wrestling fan and stuff like that have you gotten to meet uh, who uh, let's just say this other than wolfie d uh, <laughs> other than wolfie d who no, has been he, some of you at the conventions with uh, kevin all the time so he's met everybody no but i mean yeah. i mean who has been some of the really like wow like the coolest got your tongue kind of wrestling. Right. Yeah, kind of starstruck us a little bit. Sure, uh, exactly. So yeah. when, when we were in Philly, uh, it would have been, it was during when they had Mania up in New, at MetLife the first time. So it was when The Rock was making his run. And he uh, was working out at our weight room and I was working out. So I was able to get like, before he started, we were able to get a picture with him, which was an awesome thing to do. Yeah. Um, uh, meeting that, was really cool again one of those guys being a big guy being a big kid all the time i always was a, i always kind of fanned out for the for the giants yeah. um i don't think who I'm meeting, uh, no yeah you're putting me on the spot I was meeting <laughs> jeff hardy in school was, was always a huge fan of jeff yeah. um gosh like, you really are putting me on the spot here um <laughs> take your time he can edit yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um then yeah I, and, and wolfie's right like being able to go to those conventions is, is really cool to be able to get to talk with some of the guys you know uh and just meet some of the guys even like kind of catch up a little bit here and there uh you know i befriended well i don't know if you ever ran into kevin keenan uh the referee he uh when i was, he was based out in philly but he he took me to a show when I was out in Philly, out, up in New York, and was able to meet uh, Samoa Joe, which was really cool because it was it was right. He had already debuted for NXT, mm. but was, they were letting him finish out his commitment, so he was there, which was like that was kind of like a cool, uh, you know, uh, weird time period for him because he had you know, quote unquote, made it, um, but was still you know still doing the the indie shows. Um, but yeah, again, them, but being able to meet, you know, the headbangers, you know, obviously meeting Kevin, which is a, a wildly random story on how we ended up meeting and becoming <laughs> Let's friends. Hear Let's so, hear it. Yeah. So, so he, uh, so li lived in Indy, we bought a house in 2015 when my wife was pregnant with our first kid and, you know, ended up living in a, in a neighborhood in, in Indiana. Uh, you know, a couple of years go by, we're, we're meeting the neighbors, we're all friendly, we're all, you know, everything's great. And I had heard that there was, that 
Kevin Thorne was a realtor now and was a realtor mm-hmm. in Indy. So I kind of just threw him a follow on, on Twitter to see, you know, maybe, you know, we can talk, meet up, whatever. He follows yeah. back. We chat a little bit on, on Twitter, just DM a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'm talking to my neighbor who lives across the street and mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, do you know Kevin Thorne? I was like, yeah, kind of. He was like, his son is with my on my son's across team, and we were both kind of like bragging about how we know an <laughs> NFL player, and it was like, wait, you, who's the, who the kid? Who's the person you know? It's Dennis. Who's the person you know? He lives across the street from me, and so it was yeah. like, oh shit, like we actually are really close to each other, and so then you know we met through my neighbor, and then we you know. Uh, you know, been true love ever since. Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> man, he's killing it at that real estate, man, and he's and he's a super dude. Uh, You're not kidding. Kevin. When I he's first met right. him, he he just when he first got into business and uh, in the early '90s or whatever, he was mm-hmm. doing a gimmick with he where he put. I used to call him Toothpaste Head. I didn't call him Kevin. I called him Toothpaste Head, and he was my partner <laughs> sometimes because he would take toothpaste and make those really long punk rock spikes with his hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was, he used toothpaste to do it. I was, and I was blown away by that. So I just always called him toothpaste head back then. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm going to have to call him that next time I see him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where he came from. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, I got to just ask this because, you know, I, I never get an NFL player on my show. No, I'm just kidding, Wolfie. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, when, when, okay, you're going through high school and obviously you're a talented football player. And then, of course, you, you, you go to Purdue, Boilermakers, mm-hmm. what up? But mm-hmm. when did your, I know your NFL hopes probably came early, but at what point was there actually like, hey, this may be real? Was it, yeah. was it high school? Was it college? Or what do you think? Um, so like during, during high school, you know, coaches would cook cause I played tight end, um, yeah. in high school. And so coaches would come in and I remember the Northwestern coach came in and was like, how you doing? Introduce himself. And he was like, I have a, qu- I have a couple questions for you. One, do you know what the highest paid position is in the NFL? It's like the quarterback. He goes, what's the second highest paid? He goes, left tackle. And that's where we see you. And I was like, Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, and so, like, that was a little – the first kind of stage, not that I would make the NFL, but that, like, okay, maybe, like, football could be, a, you know, hey, maybe this is the, the, the way I should go. Because I was playing basketball, too, and getting recruited for basketball as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up playing as a true freshman. I, you know, became a starter after that. And it would have been after my junior year when I got, like, the first agent call. Mm-hmm. where that that was like okay now this there's there's something here like cause there, there's always that thought of like especially if you're playing in the big 10 if you're starting so you know maybe i can maybe i can but you you don't necessarily know what everyone else is thinking and when i had an agent cold call me that was a part of like okay that seems like there like i said there's some traction here maybe maybe i actually have a real chance for this that's awesome let me ask you this i was just thinking so, out of your whole NFL career, what, uh, I guess I would say, a defensive lineman that just absolutely had your number? Uh, I would say the absolutely had my number would have been Michael Bennett when he was in Tampa still. So, he was his contract. Uh-huh. It was my rookie year. Uh-huh. It was his contract year. 
and that dude, that was just like a like a one of those games where like okay, like there's still some way for me to to go. Um, I thought he was very very good, and then he ended up blowing up even more when he got out to Seattle. Uh, but I will also say, um, Nick Bosa is very, very good and is very talented and is very, um, diverse in what he's able to do as a pass rusher, which makes things very difficult. And so we played him when I was in green Bay and, you know, he got me a, a, a couple of times where there was like, shit, that wasn't great. Um, but again, like it, it's he's one of those guys that is strong enough to bull mm-hmm. rush, but also uh, it's not that he's a a, a burner, but mm-hmm. he's so smooth with his hands and smooth with his movement. Right. He, he's like efficient with what he does. It's not it's not yeah. that he can necessarily beat you all the way around the edge. It's just he, he knows how to do it the best way, and that's where you can tell. Because there are some guys that are just, you know, track stars at the defensive end, outside linebacker position now. Um, but if they don't have an idea of, like, how to get to the quarterback, then right. you just can just, just ride them high and you'll be good. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, no, he, he is – overall, I think he's the best one I've played. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like I said, the Michael Bennett thing, I think, was a combination of being a rookie – him being like going into his contract year. And, and obviously he's still a very good player. Um, yeah. but yeah, if I, if you if overall best would, would have to be Bosa blocking for Derek Henry and, and, and yeah. playing games with Derek Henry. Uh, we've all seen the Josh Norman stiff arm is one of the most famous. And then there's yeah. plenty of other ones. Uh, the one where he, he, he turned, I think it was one of the Ravens or the Jaguars around and made him block for him. To the next guy. Yeah, that was the Ravens uh, game. Yeah, that was incredible. Who does that? But anyway, what like uh, it, what play from uh, him or what? Just when he cracked somebody or a stiff arm, what's the biggest one we went? Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. The so unfortunately with that Josh Norman one, yeah. I was on. He ran off to the left, and I was on the right. So like uh, I didn't see it happen live. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. But I just heard the reaction, and I was able to look up at the screen, and I was like, "Holy hell!" <laughs> but what what gets for like? So I think that one got blown up because of Josh Norman obviously being a great player. Yeah, yeah. Um, it happened again later in the year. We're playing the Lions. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. he threw this kid, and this kid had just got elevated because they changed the rules for practice squad elevations to the regular, to the active because of COVID. <laughs> and so that it could be fluid. So this was this kid's first NFL game. And <laughs> I remember that. One he, too, yeah. he threw him so hard into the ground. Yes. Like, and, and, like I felt so bad for the kid, but at the same time, I remember after the game, like at home, just like <laughs> continuously watching the video laughing because it was, it was just, again, like <laughs> this, like, this shouldn't happen. Like you're in the NFL, and, and he just is like I thought he like dented the ground with how hard he threw him down. And like, like I wish that one. Like I wish the Josh Norman one is really cool with it being a night game and him like really decleating him. Yeah. But like this Detroit one is so violent. It's like yes. oh my god, man. <laughs> but the same thing. It was the same play that had with the Josh Norman. So again, I didn't get to see it live. You went, yeah. So you like, went, I was like, Derek, can you one time do it on my side so I can see it? <laughs> um, 
want to see it. In here. Yeah, no, yeah, it was it, it it was really fun to see some of the things. Like you said, when he turned the, I think it was Earl Thomas. He turned him around in the playoff game. It made him his lead blocker. Yeah, yeah that, um, was a, was really really cool. Like, just like you said, like who who does this? Like, yeah, I mean he he's uh, it's like Jim Brown type stuff, man. You know, just mm-hmm. like a, a, a men among boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like, and I've I've told everyone that I played with, I was like, the hardest hits I've ever taken are from Derek running into my back. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like a, you know, if it's like fourth and one type of thing, we're just trying yeah. to push for a yard. Right, he's coming like that's a train coming like with a full head of steam. Like, I get why it's so hard to tackle him because seriously, he's so big and so strong, but he's 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 deceptively so fast. Like, he doesn't look like he runs super hard, yeah. but he just outruns everyone. And it's right. it's, it's it's like I remember there was Amazing. it must have been the first year after I was with so I was with Green Bay and I was watching. And he broke one free, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, he actually looks really fast on TV." Like, but uh, like <laughs> yeah. in person, it looks it like there you run. Oh no, you're gone. Okay, good job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who in your career has been your favorite coach to play for? And, and I'm not. I'm just talking NFL, not anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, that's that's a really good question because I've had some some really great coaches. Uh, Andy Reid drafted me in Philly. Okay, and. I I really really enjoyed him. Um, yeah. Fortunately, I only had him for one year, um, but I was like suit like was awesome, really yeah. really great. Um, I think Rabel is a fantastic coach. I think he does a great job of getting the team ready, regardless. Uh, you know, obviously, the last couple of years they've had a ton of health issues, um, yeah. but he yeah. just gets his players to play a certain way every like you know what you're going to get every single time and it's 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 going to be a punch in the mouth and they're going to stand there and be like all right let's go um and i think he he understands because he played and he's played recently enough to where he understands there are certain things that are important that kind of suck for a player that you need Mm -hmm. to do but then there are certain things that you know as football evolves and as, as we know more and more about what, what's important, what's not important. He doesn't, he's like, he's not going to do something because it's been done that way for 45 years. You know, he's like not in the, like the, the, the chief work smarter, not harder, but it's more of like, why are we going to waste our time doing this? If it's not going to make us a better football team. Yeah. And so he had a really good understanding of when to do that, how to do that. Um, and so like that's, I think he, I think he has a really, really long career as a head coach. Um, yeah. And I, I enjoyed LaFleur, too. I thought he he did uh, – he came from Tennessee, so he was able to kind of to pick some of the things from Vrabel that worked, made yeah. it his own. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he does now that Rodgers is gone because that yeah. – I mean, yeah. you know, Rodgers is so talented, there is a little bit of a uh, – Right. You know, a, a security blanket, I, and, you know, and – and not in a, a negative way, but that's, I mean, it's a different, it's a different team now without him. So right, right. Uh, it, I'm interested to see how he does now that it's, it, it's, you know, he's got a younger quarterback, yeah. he's got, you know, he's got a, a younger team and see how, see how that evolves. But yeah. quite a, a few interesting things. And, uh, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of Titans fans listening to this. Um mm-hmm that are wrestling fans and that are just Titans fans um, and probably some Colts fans and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of my area. So um, 
what I want to know is this. Like, your brother is the offensive coordinator now um, mm-hmm. in Tennessee. And, we, you know, we've got a, we just drafted a quarterback. We've had, we, we thought Malik Willis was going to be the one they were going to replace Tannehill with. You know, give me some – I'm not asking you to talk forever, just some predictions because I know you got a little bit of inside scoop, but I know there's shit you really can't say. But mm-hmm. like, what's going to happen, you think, with Malik? Uh, do you think they're going to – you know, because they address the offensive line, and I know they can't go out and get great offensive linemen and superstar wide receivers all in the same draft – do they look to mm-hmm. the XFL? Do they? I know they'll look at people that get cut, and you know there will be those. But do you think they could find a star in the XFL? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think at some point. I mean, because there's, I'm trying to think. Didn't um, there are a hand, there's a handful of NFL players now that came from the XFL. Wasn't Heineke an XFL? Uh, yes, 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 yes. I think so. So, so there's there's a couple of them. Uh, I do think. They're just like, you know, the, do you remember the, the pass rusher, Cam Wake? He ended up playing for the Titans for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. He came, yeah. From, he came from the CFL. You know, obviously there's the Kurt Warner story. Um, yeah. Tommy Maddox, you know, from the original XFL, kind of had a moment in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think it would be kind of crazy to say that that's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because – since 2020, there are some guys that, you know, or I know a kid that was on year three in the NFL and had never played a preseason game. Uh-huh. And so there's like a weird, it puts him in like this weird limbo spot of he has time in the NFL, but he's never actually played a game. So he doesn't have any game film for the league to be able to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where something like the XFL, I think, is going to be beneficial because it's going to give people some of these players that have not had a shot for one reason or another to actually get some game film and let people see how they do against you know an elevated competition you know obviously there's college and there's all that but Mm -hmm. not everyone in college makes it to the next level in the same vein that you know so i you gotta you gotta assume that some coaches are going to start excuse me some front offices are going to be looking at the xfl um to keep an eye out because there might be someone, you know, I guess an example would be uh, Josh Gordon, the receiver. You know, obviously he's had his history with the NFL. Right. Um, and this might be a good way for him to kind of show that, yeah, he still has it. it might, he might not be that dominant number one force that he was those but couple I years ago. <laughs> right, but I can help a team win. And so, um, but yeah, I'm sure there's going to be, at some point, there's going to be someone that comes in. And for whatever, you know, let's say he got drafted to a team that he already had two, uh, two great pass rushers or, you know, even like, you know, two good quarterbacks and, you know, was kind of just um, caught in the numbers game, goes to the XFL, finally gets a chance to play and gets into a system that, that works for him and look out. Like you look at, I mean, in, in a similar vein, when you look at like Tannehill, you know, he had his his time in Miami, and yeah. you know, people were kind of ready to, to shut the book on him. And he gets into yeah. a system here in Tennessee yeah. that lets him thrive, and you know it revived his career, and he and he's done really well with it. So yeah. sometimes yeah. it's just you know everyone jokes or you know says you know change of scenery might be good. It's not. It's sometimes a system yeah. fits a player better or a coaching style. Like the, there are so many different 
uh, dynamics that might lead to a player's success or failure. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right, here's one for you. Your uh, your biggest uh, win, like it was just the most extravagant win, uh, and then your worst heartbreaking loss, uh, and and I'll let you answer those two. Yeah, uh, well, the heartbreaking loss is going to be the playoff game with the Packers yeah. in twenty. It would have been the twenty one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one of those games, like our defense played unreal against we were playing the Niners. We were in the one seed. We had the bye. You know, we scored on the first drive, kind of drove down the field like pretty seamlessly. And then it just from there on out, it just seemed like everyone one play did something that just was not good. Right. And, you know, we had, we just, we had a, 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 an awful special teams game. We had a couple, like a field goal block, a punt mm-hmm. block for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think we had at least one, one kickoff went out. It was just, it was the entire special teams unit just wasn't awesome. As, uh, as we that, say in wrestling, was, it was a clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's a great way of saying it. And it was just one of those games where you're just like, because we we knew we were the better team, we we knew we were the best team. Like we should have won the Super Bowl that year. Like like I without question, yeah. I wholeheartedly yeah. believe that. Like we like we beat both teams that were in the Super Bowl. Like it, right. it, it was just one of those things where like oh my god. <laughs> um, so that one that one's probably going to stick with me forever because that one really like that was in my opinion my legit best shot. Yeah, up to date to 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 get a ring. You're right. Um, the my biggest win that one's good that one's tough because there's so many fun ones there's you know there was the the josh norman game the bills game where that was yeah. through when we went through COVID hell yeah where we didn't practice for 13 days right and then they're yeah, like, yeah, you're right. on tuesday here you go yeah. <laughs> yeah. i remember like just, just the up and down of, you know, the game's going to be canceled. Nope. The game's going to be canceled. Nope. The game's going to be canceled. Okay. Actually, we're playing on Tuesday. Let's go. They're, letting, <laughs> they're giving us an hour of practice. Uh, <laughs> you know, being able to, um, you know, beating the, the Texans to win the division in 2020, the way that game ended, where they, they ended up tying it with like 10 seconds left. Yeah. And then Tannehill throws a bomb to A.J. Brown and gets us in the field goal position. Yeah. Like, magically finding a way to win that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I've been, again, I've, I've had a very, very fortunate career to be able to say that, that we've had some really cool wins, you know, having a walk off touchdown in Baltimore when Derek ran it from about 30 yards in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then coming back for that or to get into overtime there. Yeah. Um, Trying to think of some other good ones. A big heartbreaker for me was the 2019 game, which is the Chiefs, where you actually scored a touchdown in the postseason. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that one. I thought I thought you when <laughs> what's funny when we were down there. Art, who Art Smith, the OC, was on the field, and I always stand behind the ball so I could see the line and kind of see everything better. Yeah. And he's standing there with me and he goes, Hey, if, if Derek doesn't score this, this play, we're calling your play. <laughs> and I'm like, sweet. But in my head, I'm, I'm in little giants going pitch to Johnny, not yeah. pitch to Johnny. I'm yeah. Johnny. <laughs> Don't call this play right now. <laughs> uh, and so, <laughs> so when, when Derek 
inevitably doesn't score. I'm like, okay, here we go. I don't look like an asshole. Um, <laughs> and then naturally I had to do a backward somersault to catch the ball. But that was like the jump pass. That. He did the little jump pass, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, it was, you know, I just kind of blocked for a second and kind of was able to kind of slip out. Yeah. The DN like tugged my Jersey and that, uh, that kind of threw me off balance. So as I'm like stumbling, I'm like, just find the ball and just engulf it. Like, don't leave anything to question. <laughs> like you can like fall on your head if you need to just catch the ball. Um, <laughs> when, we, when, like when, I, when I scored, yeah, it was, it was such a cool moment. And, and again, like it put us back up 10 in the conference championship game. I was like, yeah, Shit, we, might, we might pull this one out. And then Mahomes scrambled yeah. and, and yeah, you know, tore our hearts out. Unfortunately, yeah. He does that. <laughs> yeah, he does that. <laughs> like I said, he seems to be everyone's boogeyman. <laughs> they should call him the heartbreak kid. Yeah, that's a good one. No kidding. HBK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got a real quick question. From kindergarten until I graduated high school, mm-hmm. I was friends with the vice president of player personnel, Ryan Cowden. How well do you know him? No kidding. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he uh, – I forget exactly if he was there the whole time that I was there, but I, I always enjoy my interactions with them. You know, sometimes front office guys, uh, not that they stay away from players, but right. you know, like there's a little bit of a, a weird dynamic there. Cause they're the ones that decide if they're going to keep us or not. Um, <laughs> and so, but he, he was always, uh, really good to me. Um, he was always, you know, I always enjoyed my, my interactions with them when I was with them. Yeah, I've known the guy all my life and can't even get a follow on Twitter, man. What's up? Oh, anyway. that's brutal. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you know, he knows a different level of people now, I guess. It's okay, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> he was always a good guy, and he was like the stud athlete of the high school. And I just think it's right. impressive because he played at Wofford. And, you know, he was a safety and, and he was our quarterback, but he was just a little short to be that on, on a different level there. But he played at Wofford, right. got to know the Panthers general manager, I do believe, got the job with the Panthers. And then I'm living in Nashville at that time. OK, and he's in Charlotte and, you know, couldn't work that ticket angle there. And then when I moved to Charlotte, <laughs> he moves to Nashville. So <laughs> like we never yep. got to line it up. But anyway, he's a great dude i'm happy for a success but yeah i need that follow on twitter yeah. ryan what's up yeah <laughs> hey, man, maybe one day you'll get it all right maybe one day yeah uh, this has been fun man I, we could keep going on this for for i could keep going for a long time on this um but we for don't sure, want to go for sure. long. I, I appreciate you so much coming on it's been a very fun conversation jimmy do you have one last quick question you got Who's going to win the Super Bowl next year? <laughs> I was going to say, I heard, I heard a Bruin. I was going to say, hopefully, whatever team I sign with. That, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's my final question. And I'm not even making a question. Uh, you know, you're a free mm-hmm. agent right now. And I know uh, when we talked uh, at Squared Circle, you know, you basically mm-hmm. you told me if you want to play, you can play. Uh, it's what your agent told you. So I'll just leave it at, I hope you go. Uh, somewhere that you want to go, and I hope you make some money, man. Mm-hmm. Amen. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've, it's uh, being able to say I played 11 years in the NFL is awesome. Um, yeah, but you know, I still feel good, and still, yeah, yeah, you know, I still think I can 
bring some value to a team. So like I said, if, if I told you at the, the convention, like if it makes sense, uh, then we'll do it. But again, I'm not going to jump on anything if I, if I don't have to. So hopefully right. I can right. build some leverage for myself that way. And I do hope you get that ring, man, for sure. You yeah. Know, be a great way yeah. to cap it off. Yeah, that's, you know? a, yeah, that's the one thing that's kind of eluded me. You know, I have, I have a record for being the fattest guy to catch a touchdown pass in the playoff game. <laughs> well, I was going to say uh, but, largest, you know. not fattest, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that seems to be the one thing I haven't gotten yet. Yeah, well. Well, you will, and, and we're going to let you off the hook, man. And then, Jimmy, me and you – Got to come back with Ask Wolfie Anything, right? Ask Wolfie Anything. All right. Thanks, Dennis, man. <laughs> Have the great rest of your day, buddy. Thanks so much for coming on, brother. It's awesome. You do the same, guys. Thanks. I had a lot of fun. All right. We'll be right back with a little more Ask Wolfie Anything. DJ, hit the music. All right, we are back with a little bit of that old Ask Wolfie Anything. Wolfie, man, Dennis Kelly, dude, how cool is that guy? I really do hope he wins up with a Super hey, Bowl. You know? And I want to say that I hope that the people that have never listened before and did listen just to listen to Dennis, keep listening. You, you might hear something funny here. We we, we have a pretty good fun time doing this uh, Ask Wolfie Anything, man. But yeah, yeah. just did an awesome favor, man. You know, uh, he was, he's stoked about it. He texted me after he hung up, man, uh, just a minute ago. And he's said, man, that was fun. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah. Great guy. NFL player. How cool, dude. I'm sorry. You know, we just, man, Block every, every bro, I know Rogers yeah. or protected him. Uh, it's just cool, man. Good arguably. Guy. Yeah. Arguably gave DeMarco Murray his greatest year too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Can't forget about that. Well, anyway, we got this Ask Wolfie D anything. And again, the listeners have been so generous with their questions and thoughts. And again, some of you ask Dale Mann questions. Jamie Brumley, thank you, brother. You really want to hear Dale Mann stories. But (laughs) so with that being said, today we've got a few great ones. And I'm definitely excited to hear what you say. So the very first one we're going to start with today is Daniel Ched Whitehead on Facebook. And he asked this question. He says, any good or fun? chicken hat stories wolfie d ah every time you went to the ring i guess was a funny chicken hat story i mean <laughs> it's out in the crowd for sure he was there all the time yeah uh, i mean like i never had any interaction with him really outside of the ring you know right he, he wanted to be part of the show and you, you know get on him you knew to get on him yeah uh, to make something happen uh yeah. his voice and his, oh come on has made him hilarious and just, yeah we would always mess with him, but yeah, I don't have a per se story. I never, he never really did anything to me. I know, I think he's had some, what, near altercations with some of the guys sometimes. Like, he's never really done anything like that to me, but yeah. uh, uh, I, I don't have any. I think, didn't something happen with you? Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah, I've <laughs> told you this before. This is funny. So, my, I worked some in Virginia. 
and and this is like 08, 09, and I'd worked some in North Carolina. Not a lot, but some, and I'd kind of gone through the, the paces of learning how to take a flat back bump and learning how to take a punch, not throw a punch. I, I, I would never believe that I should throw a punch, but... I should be able to take one and make it look like I, you know, knew what I was doing. Uh-huh. So that being said, that is the further the furthest elements of my training. Now, you know, <laughs> also my mentor kind of believed that it looked better if I didn't know what I was doing because uh-huh. I was never going to do anything to yeah. You know, to need that. So that being said, 2010, 2011, I'm living in Nashville. I'm working at the Great Escape out in West Nashville on Charlotte Pike. And then Aaron Camaro would come in. Tony Falk would come in, you know. Hot Rod Biggs, Luke from the Bushwhackers, Joe Cephas would come in all the time. Well, Aaron Camaro came in and and we started talking about wrestling because I'd seen him announce at Saw and. I came, he, I said, Hey man, you do some stuff in wrestling as if you see Aaron Camaro and think he doesn't do something in something. He just right, walks right. around 24 seven looking like he's doing something in yeah. wrestling and, yeah. and he or said, music. or in music. Exactly. He's, he's great at that. I definitely go recommend the decibel geek podcast, by the way, if you love rock and roll. And so Aaron, he says, yeah, man, I think we can do something with you. You know, come to this place in, in East Nashville, Gallatin Pike, Mike Porter's running a show. Can't really pay you anything, but you know, we can do something. So I show up there and I tell him my gimmick and he's like, I love it. Let's do it. And so I show up and he's like, okay, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to sit you in the crowd and you're going to watch a few matches like you're you're kind of scouting or like you're just literally enjoying the show but right. you're going to be in full sheet gimmick okay <laughs> and I'm sitting there and he sits me directly beside chicken hat and uh, everybody uh. cracks up I mean, everybody. And I'm like, what, what's so funny? I like, mean, like, did he seat you there like way after a lot of the people were in? I mean, yes, yes. Oh, so you like, was it obvious you were a plant then? I, I, I personally probably think so, Wolfie. Okay, honestly, I'm just yeah. trying to get the feel. Go ahead. Yeah, but, but I, what was funny is there was a lady, I think her name was Kay, and she sat there in that seat to hold it for me. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember ex- exactly. But she, yeah, she held the seat, right? She held the seat for me, and then she got up, and when she got up to go get some drinks or whatever she just never came back right i sat down in that seat and chicken hats like why is this guy you know like and i i start asking him questions and i'm doing like this so tell me brother you know my (laughs) my horrible my horrible iron sheik impersonation and he was buying it wasn't he he was totally buying and he was like yes oh we don't like him or we love him or whatever and i'm like well i probably wouldn't like him if you love him and i you know anyway and I didn't realize because, you know, first of all, (laughs) chicken hat don't play. (laughs) I didn't realize how close I came to an absolute maniac. You know what I mean? Because he, he loved him some wrestling and he would, I mean, dude would dance like no one was watching. You know what I'm saying? Especially when the music came on, he loved his baby faces. I would walk down to the ring and sometimes I would have the microphone at saw and I would be like, first of all, you people shut up. Oh, shut up yourself. You know, he would, 
would yeah, just yeah, yeah. and you know, dude, the thing is, is he wasn't just at these little bitty shows, and he was at WWE. Yeah. He was at TNA religiously, yeah, right. and he he consistently was around. He loved wrestling, and God bless him. I hope he's doing okay today. I haven't heard anything else. Yeah, I was about wondering. I was about to ask that. I wonder if that guy's still alive or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crow kind of had a, a connection with him, but I don't, I don't know anybody else that really had a, a connection as far as getting him to the shows and stuff. But man, I, I do hope he's doing well. But anyway, yeah, I didn't realize I was sitting next to a madman. <laughs> they ribbed you. They're- they did. It was a total rib. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm sure you've seen some wild stuff. He can definitely get heated with the heels. I know that. So, um, yeah. Well, that's scared of me i was did my job well and he didn't fuck with me yeah <laughs> yeah i'm around. sure yeah well there's a different <laughs> level come on i mean let's just be honest here so it's why it's the wolfie d show and not the <laughs> jimmy street show Shiki <laughs> omar alkazan show anyway i just had hot rod biggs on the give me back my pro wrestling podcast and we discussed the entire time of how you know real People, you know, the difference in the sheet gimmick and, and Jimmy Street. So it's a good yeah. show. Y'all should check it out sometime. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Rod's a good guy. Yeah, Rod's really cool. Well, I think that's it for the chicken hat stories. But the next question we've got is from actually from two guys. So mm-hmm. Dave Martin on Facebook and Tim Fox, a.k.a. Strongman Storytelling on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Both want to hear some Buddy Landell stories, man. Buddy Landell. Well, it's like they work together almost, you know, (laughs) Buddy was a character. Um, My favorite thing about Buddy, the thing that is, if anybody says his name, the first thing that comes to my mind is (laughs) it's not because, I mean, I'm sure we traveled some and did things we shouldn't been doing together. uh, Party wise, you know, that type of thing. But again, you know, we don't try to romance all that, but um just the, the first thing that comes to mind is I think it was the no, it, yeah, it was the first time I ever worked him. And he was, you know, it was during the Smoky Mountain feud. So things were hot and heavy and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just a, a TV, let's have a regular wrestling match. It was a brawling match and blah, blah, blah. But the first, I, I, I grab him and I get up on that second rope and I go to grab him by the back of the hair. And he had it when he had it slicked back in that little ponytail. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, he's hollering. Watch the hair, brother. Watch the hair. I mean, that was all he was concerned about. Not whether I fucking punched him in his eyeball or anything. He just didn't want his hair fucked up. And it would every time we would wrestle, he would holler, "Watch the hair, brother. Watch the hair." Yeah, man, buddy, I ain't gonna fuck your hair up, man. I think I might have one time just to rib him, but uh, did the fucking thing where you messed their hair up? Like he didn't want me to, and I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I might have him a couple times. I mean, like, he did have a beautiful quaff of hair for sure. Uh-huh. He did have a beautiful quaff of hair for yeah, sure. Yeah, but this, is, this wasn't the you know the years when he had the you know Ric Flair do or whatever. This is he when he was there. Not about ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, slick it back hard and had a very small ponytail on it. Yeah, and not super small, but pretty small. Right. And he didn't want that thing coming loose. I know. That. <laughs> whatever. Like after. So how was he in the ring? I mean, would you say he's one of the best that you wrestled? Oh, buddy's good. But, you know, in those days, just to be fair, and, and I've been guilty of it, but that was his time when he, he didn't work as hard as Buddy could have worked. Sure, know? sure. Um, 
But, I mean, he did everything we needed to do, and it was those, you know, weapons involved and uh, shit like that. You know, he was yeah. down. We did, some, we did some fun stuff and got to know Buddy, and, hell, he's a hell of a guy, man. Funny dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I got a great story. I told it back on another episode, so we won't go into that. But basically, he was heated, and I got into the locker room. Should have never been there, but the guy that owned the gymnasium, his son was my buddy, and he's like, you want to go in the locker room? And I'm like, there's guys back there right now. <laughs> anyway, I've told the story in a past episode, but I unfortunately got to see Buddy in nothing but a tank top, and when I opened the door, he said, he he went from chewing somebody out to saying, "Hey boys, how y'all doing? We're gonna go ahead and get dressed. Y'all y'all have a good one. We'll see you out the tables." And then as soon as the door shut, he's like he chewing somebody out again. It was just like so perfect because he's like blah 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 blah. Hey boys, how y'all doing? Good to see y'all. Gonna see you at the tables, okay? Let us get on dressed here. And and the door shuts and he's like blah blah blah. You know, it, it was just like almost like a record you scratched. It was awesome. It was just, so. when, when Derek was on we told the story of me being all jacked up and yelling at buddy while he's trying to make a speech about yes drugs to the kids <laughs> and i'm over there yelling he's blind to y'all he's fucking <laughs> <laughs> so funny dude <laughs> Man. i can just envision could he hear you you think Yes, he could fucking hear me. So it was super me. I don't really remember what happened as far as, like, he didn't come cuss me out or want to fight or nothing, but he was yeah. mad at me. Oh, so that was super loud then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I, yeah. I was having to yell too hard. Right. I, oh, he wasn't, like, that far away from me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, was a, it wasn't like a... I'm yelling it to the crowd, really, but I am kind of, but I'm I'm directing at him, and I don't have to say it that loud for him to hear it. Yeah. So uh, the other few that might have heard it, I don't know. You have to ask Derek how loud I did. Maybe everyone in the fucking town heard it. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's funny. So, all right. Well, our next and final one on this epic Dennis Kelly NFL player episode <laughs> is, so this is from UPW Pro on Twitter. So they say, funny stories of little Danny. So this... This guy, he says he has one about a rib that Gypsy Joe pulled on him in Bowling Green locker room, but unfortunately he didn't share the rib. Hmm. I guess it may be too detailed to put in a Twitter post, but anyway, do you have any funny stories about little Danny? I plan some are not appropriate. Uh, sure. Man, it's like, okay, let me pick one here. Uh, <laughs> the big one I've told before, but I bet there's a lot of people listening to this that haven't heard it. Uh, a pretty quick one that's kind of funny that I'm pretty sure I've told before. Little little raunchy, but uh, I uh, we went out and I was it was me and Jamie and I can't remember where we were being anyway. Come home and uh, or come to the hotel room, which you would call home a lot, and uh, I'm hammered, I'm hammered, and uh, pass out to bed and whatnot. And the way that I woke up was I was I was sitting on the edge of the bed naked and I was, you know, facing the other bed and sitting on that bed, staring straight at my face as I came to life in the sitting position is is Danny. <laughs> and he talked with that lift. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfie. Wolfie. <laughs> 
And that he's trying to wake me up. Wolfie, Wolfie, you're pissing. You're pissing, Wolfie. And sure enough, when I came to, like I said, I see this little midget yelling at me and saying, Wolfie, you're pissing. And I was sitting on the edge of the bed, just like a, a water fountain. It was going straight up in the air, nice arch, nice height, too, I must say. And straight down to the floor, man, in between the two beds. Like a fountain. Yeah, like a fountain. With 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 some pretty good pressure, and, uh, you know, nice height on the arch, everything, and, uh, and a midget yelling at me. So, I guarantee there's not a whole lot of people that say that they have been awakened by a by a little person. We called a midget D, damn it, but awakened by a midget, yeah, uh, hissing like a water or yeah, like a water fountain. That's amazing! Oh my god, that's so funny. The other one that I said I've told before is we would take him to bars, and it didn't take a lot to get him hammered, obviously. And we were in Memphis, me, Jeff, Jarrett, Jamie. Um, don't remember if anybody else was with us. But uh, Danny had this thing about, man, if you get jacked up, he'd always get his feelings hurt or something, or he'd run off and hide. We'd find him under the steps at the hotel room, and it's weird, man. So... He would get away from us. He, we w- literally had to keep our eyes on him 24 hours a day. So we go to this bar, and, uh, you know, Memphis is a predominantly African-American town. And sure. Those were a lot of PG-13's fans, and we love you. Um, and, and so this bar, uh, there was a, a group. Uh, and See, Danny would get drunk, first of all, and then he would, he would get up on the bar and yeah. walk down the bar like he was a, a coyote ugly about to dance or something <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a, imitating the coyote ugly girls uh, sure so he'd sure. get up there man you know he always because he was a little person a little midget he uh, got a lot of attention and made people right. laugh he knew it so then uh, a little bit later we can't find him oh shit so we go looking and we see a group uh you know probably about 15, 20 black folks over there, and uh, they're gathered in a circle. And Danny was sitting there cussing them out, cussing them out, uh, saying some things that, that he should not have been saying, some racial stuff. But the funniest part about it was nobody was mad. They were still laughing at him because they, they thought it was funny that a little midget was sitting there cussing them out and calling them names. I mean, yeah. no, I don't know how that didn't go bad but it, they were laughing at it, but we still me and jamie came in hey y'all what's up come on danny let's go let's go let's go and pull him out of there man and uh so by the end of the night he was hammered and there was this big chair that um uh was at the front door that like when you came in it was like decoration just a you know old uh victorian style chair right right yeah and so we set him in that chair well his his feet don't go past the pillow, so you know his little feet. He looks like a little doll sitting up there, <laughs> a little stuffed animal or some shit. And so the bar closes and everybody's leaving. Of course, me and Jamie, you know, thinking we're special, we stay after. And Jeff is with us, and we keep drinking. And uh, as the as the people, the norm, the normies, <laughs> yeah, we're leaving. Man, they started throwing like quarters on him and dollars and <laughs> like that, right? They're walking, <laughs> he's just passed out in this chair. 
So at the end of the night, we like had a tip. I don't remember what we did with it, but we had a tip. We didn't give it to him. <laughs> so uh, me and Jeff, well, yeah, me and Jeff are trying to get him out of there. Yeah. And so for those of you that have never picked up a little person, it's, <laughs> it's like picking up a fire hydrant. I imagine there's quite a few, actually. <laughs> like one of those strong man balls that they have to pick up and go set on those things. Sure. Uh, Strongman contest. <laughs> so anyway, Jeff, I forget who grabs what. One of us grabs his legs. One of us grabs his arms. And we're walking out the door to the car, you know. And about halfway there, Jeff goes, I think it'd be easier if I just carry him. And, uh, you know, me and Jeff both real buzzed up, too. So he, we go, one, two, three. And Jeff's going to lift him up and throw him, like, over his shoulder where his, his feet are dangling by his chest and his head is over Jeff's back. Sure. So, yeah. One, two, three. Uh, we put him up there. And when he – and keep in mind, he's passing the fuck out. We throw him up there. And when his stomach hits Jeff's shoulders and his big old little person midget butt – is like kind of right next to Jeff's face. <laughs> that pressure of his stomach hitting his shoulder made him fart. And so <laughs> he farts, and me and Jeff fucking explode laughing, man. We are dying. And Jeff's kind of stumbling and drops him. Boom! Right on his back. His head slams the concrete. Well, <laughs> Out through all that, but when his head hit the concrete, that's how this woke up and had his little hands up on his forehead, going, Oh, <laughs> and he was just rolling around, going, Oh, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're dying, man. But we eventually we got him in the car and everywhere we got home to the, to the hotel, but uh, yeah. He was a he was a funny little dude, man. That's so funny. That is so awkward. Funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, rest in peace, little Danny. God bless you, buddy. I had never seen it, but Jamie said that uh, he liked he liked big girls. You know, like just regular, not not little person big, but like normal size big girls, right? Okay. Jack said that he had seen him uh, have sex with him. And he said that, the, that they'd have to get on on top of him. He said, and all you could see was his <laughs> head, his hands, and his feet. That's all you could see sticking out <laughs> under all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. You can just see it like little mashed in the little yeah, fellow. But like, and, and doing like spirit hands and spirit feet at the same time, like when he's <laughs> ready to blow. You know I mean? <laughs> Have you ever seen like a cartoon where like an elephant steps on something? Yeah, yeah. I could just see like uh, the hands and feet sticking out, like you know, yeah. ex expanded as far yeah, as they'll go. She gets off, and then the rest of it's <laughs> flat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, oh, it's been a fun show, man. Absolutely. You got more questions, Jay. I think that's a good one to end it with. Yeah, yeah, that's the perfect one to end with. Absolutely. So, and, and again, as always, we we appreciate y'all turning in, uh, tuning in, not turning in. Ain't time to turn in. Well, maybe it is. I don't know what time you're listening. But, sure, uh, could be time to turn in, but yeah. for us to turn off. So yeah. we're going to get out of here. Go follow that YouTube. Subscribe. Yes. Like, share, rate, and review.
Do yeah. us a favor. Buy a T-shirt. Yeah. Takes you a freaking second, and it don't even hurt. Promise. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, and it's not <laughs> like we get in the way too much. I mean, come on, you know. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, guys, man, this has been fun for me. I hope it was fun for you. I know it's fun for Jimmy, and I hope next week we have some more fun for you on Live and in Color. Wolfie D. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, buddy. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you are interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man, 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. This is Handsome Jimmy, professional wrestler, the Booker Wooker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss this one. It's Wrestling Talk with Mayor McCall. Yes, baby, be there or be square. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. Decibel Geek, wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson. 
to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Second, Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. I got a cap And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap, I like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Lay low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When my finish, I'll straighten knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Then I'm driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.